Welcome to RCS. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. We're recording live at Drivers Club. You're on call this week. It's okay. My brain is fried. I've been on the <laughs> phone brain. since 8 a.m. Oh. It's 5 now. Well, technically that's 9 with daylight savings time, so I don't understand. <sighs> yeah. I did not transition well, by the way, to that. I, no, that neither did I. Okay. okay. Neither did I. Yeah. A little tired, but uh, luckily we're still brought to you by Avance, Haggerty, Carter Subaru, and AAT, America's Automotive Trust. Woohoo! LeMay. Oh. Yeah, and it'll crack open a Rainier. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It feels like a Wednesday. I, <laughs> it's, I don't, I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm not a complainer, but I, ha- I had a day from, from, from purgatory today, but I'm looking forward to just getting the hell out of the house. But yeah, it, uh, you had a little bit of an interesting uh, drive here, huh? Yeah, don't drink and drive, folks. Yeah. Not you. Not me. <laughs> no. That's not the way you drink. That would have been interesting, no. but no, not me. I don't do that. Yeah. Uh, we just talked about how bad of a day, Dan. Don't drink and drive. Yeah, no, yeah, it's no. fine. No, yeah. no, no. I, I followed a, uh, a F-150 here. Not mine. Again, a white one. Not mine. Uh, <laughs> raptors talking raptors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a raptor. Yeah. No, it's some beat to crap mid-2000s F-150. The license plate almost falling off. He came within like an inch of hitting a bicycle. Obviously drunk. Yeah. And I'm blaring on the horn. Luckily, the guy on the bicycle heard me and dodged out of the way. I ended up following up him up to, like, the south end of Sammamish, where, thank you, Sammamish PD, uh, decided to meet him in his wonderful three-spot sideways parking job while he was barely conscious. So, there wasn't a lot of, they didn't need evidence as far as. No, I have a dash cam, which I was happy to present to them, but uh, they (laughs) took down my information and were like, I don't think we're going to need it, because he could barely stand. Um that yeah. says a lot. Like, that says a lot. We we start recording on Mondays at like five, which yes. means this happened at like four thirty. Four thirty. Like you talk about drinking hard for a Monday. Wow. Okay. Yep. Cool. It's a. Uh, I mean, good for you. Thank you for being a good citizen. I don't want people are thinking, man. Like that. So dangerous. I think we have all had that conversation in our head where you sit there and you go, "I'm fine," and then and then you realize that you're talking to yourself and you go. Yeah, I'm probably not. Fine. Yeah, not fine. Not going to happen. <laughs> I always tell people if you're having a conversation with yourself that you think you can drive, you cannot. You cannot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very, very clear. <laughs> Don't listen to little dwarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was my day. Nice. <laughs> uh, minus being work, you know, on calls for eight hours oh, straight. Fun, fun, fun. Always a good time. Oh, I, it, it sounds like a wonderful time. I'm sorry, <laughs> I missed a really out. good headset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, um, our topic today is off-road stuff and we've been doing a lot of that lately tis the season thank god i love that season god right i love off-road season yeah but uh one of the things i want to talk about was like um one of the things we're going to talk about today and our tip of the week is going to blend right into that was not only just like choosing a vehicle which we're going to talk about different types and why everything from the cross trek to large heavy duty trucks like mine and why one is not clearly better than the other especially given the circumstances but also the great debate of why things like 80 series Land Cruisers and still uh, Jeeps have a, such a dedicated following. But one of the biggest differences for off-roading is that IFS versus solid axle in the front. Now, a lot of things have independent rears. Most off-road vehicles have solid axle rears. But uh, the front, the front makes a big difference. And to get to the long and short of it, you have slightly less ground clearance with a solid axle front. Just because it hangs lower, having that solid axle in the front, it's a lot more. It's a lot heavier, heavier components, things like that. That's not always a disadvantage when you're rock crawling, and that's really where this comes in handy is rock crawling. Um, those strong front lockers, the factory one that's built into the Rubicon, you can still have an IFS with a front locker, but it's easier to do in a solid axle, of course, and a lot cheaper for that matter. Usually, um, I just want to say something. This is a question that's come across to us. It doesn't mean that it's one axle across right. the front. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, even I've, uh, for, when the first right. time I think I heard that, I was like, I don't know, I understand that. How do, how do you spin an axle if it's one axle? But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Solid axle just means it's not independent. Uh, yeah. not, not CV joints or axles are still axles, even if they are CV joints. Anyway, um, yeah. So you get a stronger, more robust front end in a solid axle front end. And ideally suited for rock curling. It does not mean you have a weaker front end in an independent one. Um or should I say, you don't have a weak one, you just don't have a, you have a slightly weaker one than a solid front axle for the most part. You can build some pretty robust front, uh, independent front suspensions, even for crazy off-road trucks like uh, the Raptor, which is absolutely built to jump and do Baja, things like that, which is cool, but you're going to you're gonna gain a little bit of ground clearance out of IFS. It's, you're going to lose some weight. Um, the problem is, is when you bind that IFS front suspension, when you're rock crawling, you've got both wheels stuck in a crevice and you really need that grip. That's where you're going to see 
that IFS to be a little more prone to breakage than a solid axle front. It's just beefier components in a Dana 44 in the front of your truck or your Jeep. So, But like you said, the, the, the downfall is you. it's basically your axle is at the same height to the center of your wheel. So right. if you're running, you know, if you're running 35 inch tires and you've got an 18 inch wheel, you really only have what, like maybe 20 inches between. Uh, if you're running an 18 inch wheel and you're, you're running, yeah, about I mean, at, at and, most. And yeah. you have a front, I mean, what I would call a front pumpkin there, you know, where, where the, the drive shaft is coming in to go to the axles and the fact that, yep. yeah. I and mean, yeah, it's not as comfy of a ride either. And we're going to get into this a lot more in this episode because it's kind of what it's all about. The advantage of that solid axle is that ability to really rock crawl, really put down that traction in a really tight bind and really use it. You give up a lot of comfort though, a lot, like a significant amount of comfort. Um, we, when I was test driving vehicles before getting the Raptor, I drove a bunch of stuff. And one of the ones that was really high on the list was actually uh, a Wrangler Rubicon, which I liked, but uh, they kind of suck on the road, <laughs> just to be flat out fair. They, they yeah. just don't, they, they don't were, drive they were, that They well. weren't really built for the road. No, yeah. and they do really well off-road, almost unmatched to this day. Like there's really probably... For now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Um, really nothing out there that competes with the Wrangler at all. Um, there's things that are close, things that do pretty well, but when it comes to just buying an off-road vehicle right off the showroom floor and using it, you can take a Rubicon to Moab and pretty much run every trail, even the tough stuff. You just lock in the front, disconnect the sway bar, and you've got all that articulation back, and you've got a pretty stout off-road vehicle, bone stock. Well, they, they've, they've controlled the off-road market for years. I mean, like you said, it's, it's something that you truly could drive out of the dealership and onto the rocks, but yeah, it... Like I said, I th- the world is now catching up, and we've talked about it a lot. I mean, you know, Ford with the Broncos coming out. I mean, still an G- IFS front. IFS, yes, but uh, you know, and and Jeep is is clucking right back with the with the three ninety two. They're going to put more poor horsepower in it. Yeah, when in doubt, yeah, in your Dodge, just throw a bigger engine. Just in it. gun it out. Yeah. So it's tough, and I mean, when you're on the trails, th- those are the cars you see, or the trucks you see the most, are the built ones. I mean, yeah, I've seen a lot of Raptors, but wider trails. Yeah, real wide trails. <laughs> Not really what they're built for. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And it, to end it, the tip of the week, though, that's your difference there. Solid, solid front axle is really still built by the mainstream for rock crawling. That's its main purpose. It's good at other stuff. It's much more robust in most cases. Technology is keeping up. We have some really, really great independent front suspension vehicles now, uh, like the, the Toyota FJ. Mm-hmm. Still not still not being made. Uh, funny story, the Toyota FJ is officially the highest resale vehicle, period. They have lost almost no value now because they don't make them anymore, and the Bronco's not out yet. I don't understand why they don't make those anymore. Those are such they're it, such cool. cool it doesn't make any sense to me either. Um, yeah, they didn't sell that well at first. People thought they were weird, and now they have they fill such a perfect niche that they are just worth a ton of money. I'm seeing them still for like forty plus. One thing I will suggest people to do is is get to know your car. If you go look at your car, if you get under your car and look at like the, the Subaru or something with independent front axles. The axle that comes out of the transmission and goes to your wheel is not that thick of a like no, it's small. It's very small. Yeah, and a lot of cars they are. It's like yeah. it's it's it because the more rotation weight you have, the the more yeah, you don't need that yeah. much. I mean, it's a solid piece of steel. They don't bend that easy. But that being said, <laughs> it's, it's a solid piece of steel. But they you still can snap, you know. Oh so. yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, that's a that's a great transition into where we should go with this today. So, what I want to talk about mainly was that there is no one size fits all. Um, as much as we want to be, and everybody tries to build their vehicle to be like, I did not buy the Raptor buying a trail vehicle. Um, as we even like, even on the most minor trails, like big stuff, it's a pain in the ass, <laughs> like period. And it's pain in the ass because it is wider than a Hummer H1, literally. Didn't you say this weekend that it's as wide as a Unimog? Yeah. Pretty much? yeah. It's actually a little wider. Wow. I think when it comes to edge to edge, it's about the same size as a Unimog. Like it doesn't look like it because it's still on an F-150 like frame, but the fenders go way out. Yeah. The the front ends pushed way out for that Baja suspension. Um, but yeah, so like there really isn't that one size fits all. There wasn't one thing for everything. I, King I, of the hammers. <laughs> yeah, nothing <laughs> even there. Nothing is built for that. Uh, no, it, it's 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 meant to be a high speed off roader. Uh, the reason I went with the Raptor in my case is because it's actually a really comfortable truck for really long distances. And as long as you don't mind the scratches, which I do, um, you can pretty much brute force it through anything. Are you still ticking? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it turned out fine. Thank okay. God. Good. Thank, yeah, in PPF we trust. Uh, <laughs> bank protection film. Yes. So <laughs> thank God for Expel Ultimate, which did a really good job. 
But uh, that said, I mean, when we went up, uh, we did Wabder Section 4. We talked about that last week. Uh, the vehicle that had the advantage there was actually Davis and his Subaru, by far, because we were going through snow. We didn't have any, like, crawling, binding moments. He had a lot of ground clearance because he's got it lifted. Um, and because it's independent suspension, it actually has a lot of center ground clearance, way more than you think. Looking at it, you're like a Subaru, really? Like, actually, yeah, they, they do really well when they're built right for it. And uh, the Forester especially better vehicle for that than most Subarus even because you've got the limited slip rear. It's kind of hard to high center a Subaru unless you're really in deep, deep, stupid snow, which you shouldn't be in. Or mud and crossing at the uh, uh, I I wasn't high centered. (laughs) I was just carrying a lot of bark weight. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So actually that's, we should start, let's start with trail vehicles. Um, so there's all the hype. I'm excited about this because the new Bronco's coming out. And like we said earlier, the FJ is really like the pinnacle of go-to the reason it is is because in a two-door, or I guess it's like a two-and-a-half door in an FJ, it's kind of a weird setup in a cool way, uh, you have a really short wheelbase. And so, like we said, you can avoid high centering. It's also narrow, which uh, means if you lift it, it'll roll over really easy. But it'll also get through really tight trails really easy. <laughs> and nobody buys an FJ as a high-speed cornering vehicle. <laughs> what was like the like the Samurai, the Suzuki, Suzuki Samurai was like the original, like little off-roader that you yeah. They tip over all the time. But you yeah. Can really you, <laughs> you can pretty can much push, push it over. back over. Yeah. But yeah, because it, it's, you, you you can, the wheel, the, what's the, what's the, the distance between the front and rear wheels is really short. The wheelbase. Wheelbase. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> it had a narrow track and a wide wheelbase. Yeah. This is why uh, 80 series Land Cruisers, 100 series Land Cruisers are still really popular too. So you've got all that low, low torque. You've got great suspension. You've got uh nice locking rear diff. That's the main, that's the, uh, the expensive option on every Land Cruiser out there, by the way. If you're looking at, well, why does an 80 series cost 20 grand and this one costs 35? That one's got a factory rear locker. Yeah, you can put one in for that much, but uh, having it factory there is pretty nice. And there's not enough that can be said about low torque and the fact that, you know, if you're in mud, dirt, or whatever, and or deep snow, being able to slowly crawl through something, you and you'll be able to get through things that you would never have been able to gun at and, and do, and the fact that, yeah, you know, in fact, that's coming out in the Bronco, there'll be crawl gear, but I mean, to be able to, like, I remember when the Land Cruiser, some places we've been, you would put it in, like, low, low, and just let it. Just kind of eat its way through. Yeah, so that was the that was the secret with the Land Cruiser and why it could go places. It, it had a very simple formula, and it worked. Uh, the Land Cruiser, the 100 Series especially, well, I guess they ate all the Land Cruisers, period, I should say, in this case, are really heavy. And that's an 80 Series, not an 80s. Not an not 80s. from the 80s. 80s. So you have, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> I had a 100 Series, which is 98 and up. But yeah. uh, it works. Uh, so they're really heavy. Period. Like, uh, my 100 Series Land Cruiser, I think, tipped the scales at almost 6,000 pounds when it was outfitted, which is insanely heavy for a vehicle that size. Uh, everything was steel, and so you combine that weight with a short, uh, for its size, short wheelbase, a ton of low-end torque, and really aired-down tires, and a really good four-wheel drive system. And like you said, you pretty much just crawled through everything. You never got anywhere fast, but you got there. And the approach and uh, departure, departure angles were really good. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk through the trail setup. What are you looking for? You want a narrow vehicle. You want short departure uh, angles, attack and departure angles. You want uh, a really good low range, and you want well a lot of armor. Yeah. <laughs> Which all the all the factory vehicles you can or anything here you can get a lot of armor for from a lot of different people. It's not not from the factory. That's plastic. Yeah. Well, Subaru offers some. So does Toyota. They do? Yeah, you can get a rear diff uh, armor plate for the Crosstrek, and it's not very good. It's all aftermarket, but that's it's... You can get it from Subaru. Now. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're, you're, yeah, you're so correct. You, you you're can correct. get yeah. the bash plate it's kit not, on the Bronco yeah, now. It's not, yeah. Okay, I get you. It's not yeah. thick enough steel, but yeah. Um, and I think we need to be clear. This is not... When we're saying going up in the trails, we're talking, you know, like uh, dual trails. Not We're not rock crawling. We're not crawling over Moab rocks right now. Well... Yeah, we can. Eventually. But I'm saying, like, this is this is what I, you're talking more to go up in the trails here, like, to do Stampede no, I just pass. mean, like, a trail vehicle in general. So, like, okay. if we're going to go Natchez, like, it's, you're going to, Natchez is going to be your Jeep guys, your Forerunner guys, your Tacoma guys. You want to be skinny, trust me. Yeah, and I would, I'm, I would never make it in the Raptor. Okay. I've got the, the powertrain, the, the drivetrain would. The truck physically will not fit through the Natchez Oh, trail. you just have to drive up and over things. It's <laughs> a lot. It actually, there's not that much ground clearance. Uh-huh. We'll get to that in a second, yeah. though. So, yeah, I think, um, the reason I want to talk about this mainly, though, is why some vehicles are holding their value so well, why that market still exists. Um, Toyota for, is probably the prime example. If you look at a Toyota SR5, which a lot of my friends have, not SR5, but a, a 4 mm-hmm. or a Tacoma, the reason those things hold their value so well, or the market exists so well for those, is they really fit a basic need. 
they're not overpowered. The interiors are extremely dated. Like, yeah. they, like yeah. they haven't had an update in forever. And people are like, well, why are they holding their value so well? They really don't come with much because of that. Yeah. There's a ton of aftermarket support. They're really still built to run the trails. A lot of vehicles aren't. If you look at, um, they're getting better. Like, so the Colorado ZR2 just came out with the diesel. That's in a great off-road suspension. But if you looked at recently, look at the S10. Uh, oh, God. Thank yeah. God you didn't say the Blazer, but yeah. Well, the Blazer's a joke, but <laughs> or, the, or the Ranger, anything. Up until the FX package on the brand, brand new Ranger, like there, that wasn't there. The yeah. Tacomas owned that market. And then they added reliability on top of it, which we've got to admit, Ford and, <laughs> Ford and Chevy aren't exactly known for. <laughs> True. Um, they've done a lot better over the past few years. But that basic basic formula of give you what you need to get where you want to go everything else is going to come secondary to an off-roader everything it's it's hard not to love those cars i mean like you said they're dated but they do so well they do so so well i mean but yeah. but the, the funny thing i those i mean they're not only the resale value but i mean the new value on those cars is not cheap yeah uh it's kind of funny i was looking so cameron apparently just got a tacoma He's no. gearing out of his golf. He's getting its coma. Okay. Go back into it because everybody goes back to him. <laughs> you may leave, but you'll come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody loves the off-road stuff. Well, I mean, I think the roads are just getting worse, too. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because we're paying all that. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> not getting political. Okay. All well, right. Well, that's what this episode's all about. Yeah. So we're, we come back. We're going to walk through the basics. Everything from we're going to start with the Subarus, the Crosstrex, your, your entry level. Then we're going to get into your Tacomas and your mid-range. Then we're going to go into the high end what you're paying for, and why you might not want to pay it, because that's not always the right decision for everybody. More money does not equal more vehicle, depending on what you want to do. And you might find that out the hard way, like a lot of people. More money, more problems, yeah. Yes, we'll yep. be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. It's like we just left. Right? I'm so let's start with the Subaru <laughs> Crosstrek. Because this is because you're an expert well, on I mean, this. I mean, we should say, in, in general, the Subaru, I will say Subaru in general. Because I think, yes, I true. mean, the Crosstrek... Uh, Forrester. Forrester and the new Outback too. The, I yeah. mean, the Outbacks have always been great. Um, you know, ever since Subaru really took their their classic legacy chassis, which was the you know, and and made a wagon, and they they made the Outback. I remember when that came out, and everybody's like, I don't get it. Like it was had a little bit more suspension, a little mm-hmm. bit more ground clearance, but it 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 was the same reliability. And Subarus are really hard to stop. Like I mean, they <laughs> they yeah. don't really want to die. They 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 don't have. They're not given to you with the most power they're not um they don't have the most torque but all around it's a great car like we were talking about earlier about some of these off-roaders are like the jeeps they're great off-road but you don't want to drive them on the street a subaru you really can drive it every day around the city and then you can instantly go up and go over stampede pass yeah and you'll be fine you really will be I yeah mean, and the, the limit there is going to be stampede pass oh, and then you could push it but you're going to yeah. take some damage yeah. um so with subaru now i think they they made a huge this won't be huge to some, but it's huge to those in the Subaru communities. Now you can finally get the Crosstrek with the 2.5. Which didn't give you a ton more horsepower. It gave you more torque, which is what you want. Yes. And yeah. not, a, not a, just that. The 2.5 is going to have a slightly larger clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's only available in the CVT now, which yeah. has proven to be a really good transmission. CVTs were terrible when they first came out. It's, uh, you know, and I don't have, it, there's a mode that they have, and I'm, it's, it's escaped me right now. Uh, with the CVT, that's basically like an off-road mode. I forgot the name of it, and I should—I mean, I don't have it in my car. With the manual, you don't get it. But, right. And it's—it's—it's it's, it's one of those things like where if your Subaru's in a position where you you can't get stuck and you're a CVT, you hit that button, and it basically slows the whole car down and 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 diverts that torque to those wheels and helps you climb anything or get out of something. So. Yep. Uh, and CVT being constantly variable transmission means that in theory this should then get. This should get really low when you want it to. Yes. So, which is cool. And it does. And, you know, Subarus, you know, you can you can do about a two-inch lift on a Subaru before you really start affecting drive shafts and, and, and pinion angles and things like that, which is, you know, it's is it pinion, is it pinion angle. No. The drive shaft angle? Yeah. Sorry. Drive shaft angle. So, I mean, it's an easily moddable car. 
It's easy to fix. There's it's cheap to modify, it's, too. It's cheap to modify. Parts are cheaper in the fact that, you know, front bumpers are plastic. And truthfully, it's four bolts or five bolts to take a front bumper off a cross track. And I've seen it done. Our good friend Trevor did it on the Natchez Trail and strapped it to his. It was, <laughs> I was like, oh, that came off a lot faster than I thought. But you don't, you don't usually get into situations like that. But, like, when we did the Vance off-road course, I had to get under there and pop, up some, pop out some of the plastic because it was scraping. But... It's you're not really going to hurt anything. You could really run it into something, and you're not going to do more than a thousand dollars worth of damage up there. It's yeah, like, which is really easy to do with one single bump on a steel bumper. By yeah. the, way. the biggest thing that you will have with a Subaru downfall is the fact that it's a boxer engine. And if you don't know what a boxer engine is, basically it goes horizontal. Yep. It's four cylinders. With that, the ex- where the exhaust pipes come out of there, they, mm-hmm. they they come down low. So that's why you, I always say the first thing you should do if you have a Subaru, and I even in driving in the city is get a skid plate. Mm-hmm. The stock the stock skid plate is nice, but it's plastic. It doesn't. It, it's, it's not off road ready. No, it's not, not meant to be. It's not meant to be. Yeah. But it's very easy. And, and another nice thing about the Subaru is you have an, a, a good amount of space. They take a good amount of weight to the roof, roof racks and things like that. Always mm-hmm. do your research, as you know. If you need to, go back and listen to Jamie from Rack and Road. But um, they're very easy modable. And the engines are rather easy to work on. They're, it's a small engine. You don't yeah. really realize when you pop the hood of a, of a Subaru and you look under there. The boxer engine is not that deep. I mean, I think the only thing that's less deep would be like a rotary engine. So that's <laughs> right. Oh, well, low center of gravity too. So the, the upside is the downside is the upside as well. The downside, the exhaust pipes are low. The upside, the weight is low. Yeah, which puts you, which is nice off road because you get all that traction down. And I've always said I thought the cross track should have a, a turbo, but and and it's proven like the Outbacks and especially the Foresters, like like uh, Davis's Forester with the turbo does really well. Yeah, they haul. And and the Forester platform is really nice because I always think it's it's like having a cross track, but you have a you have a, a larger like atrium on top. The, the the field of view is a lot better. And so it kind of gives you a better, I think it's, it's a better sight than, than that. And then, like I said, the Outback is just the biggest. I mean, if you don't know, all of these cars, Crosstech, Forester, all of them are all built on this global chassis mm-hmm. that Super has. So you're getting the same chassis. It's just things are stretched a little bit. A lot of times you're getting the same engine, things like that. So, which makes it, easier for parts and things like that it's it's a pretty easy car to work on and a fun car um you you know there's limitations there will always be limitations it's you know um when trevor and i did it in the natchez trail he's got the cvt in the in the generation one we were right at the edge of where we should be like that was you know had we not had cars with us we probably would have made it but it's taken a long time would have taken a long time so but it was a lot of fun but i mean you there's a reason subaru is the car that's out there you see i mean between here and Portland, it's, you know, how many times you go up the mountains, all you see is Subarus. <laughs> yeah, well, it's for a vehicle, vehicle for exploring roads that are already there. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, not that's tra- a good way to put it. Yeah, and not so much trail. So it can do it. It's really, that's the far edge of, well, one, you're going to get some damage. Probably mild if you're really good. You're going to use some serious wear on your drivetrain, clutch, CBT, whatever. They're, that's where they're not made for. Um, and, yeah, just because you can do it. This is about the time you should think about stepping up. And uh, and that's just due to a lack of a low range and a transfer case. It's the transfer case that really gets you. Yeah. And especially in the manual um, and the fact that it's just, you can so easily burn up a clutch and spin a wheel. It's just. Yeah. And and you can put lockers in a Subaru. They actually do. I've seen a lot. There's there's kits. Yeah. There's kits. But it's it's a lot of work for what, in my opinion, is if you need a locker in a Subaru. That's about the time you need to think about stepping up your vehicle because you're, you're going to put that really, much money. Yeah. yeah, you're really pushing the limits of the vehicle. It can be done, and it's cool that it can be done. But uh, think about rally history. <laughs> well, that too, history. and the fact that you know that car is designed by Subaru to, for certain purposes, and they didn't design it with a locker for a reason. Right. So, I mean, and then you know, which makes sense. But you know, there's a lot of these aftermarket companies, which we will talk about, not necessarily in general here, but there's a lot of companies out there that are really want your business for all this off-road stuff. Yeah, you know, and and a lot of it too. You can take Subarus a lot farther, and and we've done it because of the gear that you carry too. And we've talked about that, and will yeah, future. that's a whole other so, episode. Yeah. Um, once you've graduated from Subaru school, you decided that off road <laughs> is the way of life, and uh, that's more important to you than the co- very comfortable on road manners, which is really the the big where you start to you don't get anything for free here. That's it. Like if you're going, if you like want more off road game, you're going to give up some on road manners. End of story. There's I have. Never been in a vehicle that could do both well. 
get get an off-road truck with an, a, a nice radio because you're going to hear the tires. You're going to hear everything. Exactly. And yeah. the second you do, you give up some, you get some serious compromises. The first one you'll notice is body roll and braking. Those two things kind of go exactly <laughs> hand in hand. And speed. Yeah. 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 And so like. That goes with the Subaru too, by the way. So, yeah. yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day. I think the Bronco is probably going to be the one for me that, that does it once they get the second gen and fix all the first gen problems that are going to be inevitable. But. Right now, I think... Way the, to have an optimistic look. Uh, I own a Ford. You're right, but I mean... Yeah, so. I mean, there's still junk in my rafter. I'm like, yeah. why is why did you do that? There's still a zip tie, a rubber band under my bumper that attaches to something. Remember that? Well, and there's a random wire under <laughs> your dash. We still don't know what it is. Yeah, okay, yeah. some random vampire tap wire under yep. there. Ford quality is best. <laughs> anyway, I, I was talking to somebody. They said, what is the... Like, if you could like have one perfect Northwest vehicle, what would it be? And they were talking in the off-road context, yeah. so not a car, but an oh, actual, still. like, an off-road vehicle. And, I, man, it, it, it was a good conversation. I, I did come back to the – if, like, if I had to buy something new off the showroom floor right now, I would actually pick a 4Runner. Interesting. Yeah, and the reason is, is even, it's in spite of its archaic interior, which is really a joke. But I, it has party mode. It does have party mode. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but the, the real advantage there is that it's still narrow. It has – Room for four, relatively comfortably. The rear seats are a little cramped, but better than most of its competition. And it has a true four-wheel drive system. Yeah. Almost everything has gone to all-wheel drive. And like I said, that low range is really, if you're going to go off-road, I mean, what do you need in a forerunner? Um, I would throw on a winch and sliders. And tires. Well, they come with the, if you get a, a trail, uh, trail teams, or what do you call it? TRD. Uh, TRD Pro. Yeah. You get BFG ATs, all-terrains. And so, not a great tire, but... The really, really good all-around tire, and it has a three-peak rating, so it's just a good snow tire, better than nothing. I'm just saying for that, if, if you're if you're going to be using low-end torque, which means you're on something slippery or wet or rock, you want great grip on the tires. And th- yeah. that's the first thing you should do if you buy a TRD Pro and, and the Tacoma or the, the 4Runner is take those ugly-ass um, side steps off the, oh yeah the, the, the you will break off in seconds off road. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah yeah i would i would do sliders and a, a yeah. winch in the front bumper and that's a winch some people don't even consider necessary with uh, crawl control because it works really really well did they introduce that in the tacoma because i remember that land cruiser it was but, but i remember all the like recently in the tacomas like where they were burying the tacomas and then they were hitting that that yep. mode and if you've ever seen it work it's really really trippy and i would invite anybody to youtube what crawl control does in sand that's really what it's for sand yeah. it works in snow and mud too and it basically just like slowly notches your tires like it doesn't turn it kind of goes click 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 and then that kind of dislodges the dirt around it under to underneath it it works and it does it with the combination of the throttle and the brakes at the same time Really ingenious stuff. But the fact is, is everything is so damn big now. And even the Colorado ZR2, even the new Ranger Raptor that's coming, even the Jeep and the Bronco are really wide compared to the used to be. Uh, the Forerunner's actually really narrow still. So is the Tacoma. Yeah. They're the same chassis. For everybody who doesn't know, they're still on a truck chassis, which is good. Um, you have to do a notch to lift them any farther. But they actually have a ton of ground clearance from the factory as it is. And... The Jeep guys are rolling their eyes at me right now. I really like the Tacoma. I mean, I uh, yeah. get the Forerunner, but I really like the Tacoma. And especially, I think I like the Tacoma because of what can be done to it. I think, <laughs> I truly think there is more out there for the Tacoma than there is for the Forerunner at the, at right now. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot lighter vehicle, too. Yeah. And you get the bed. Um, but that's also a downside in the fact that you, you, you don't have weight over the rear wheels. Yes. So. Well, with, the, with, that, with a good four-wheel drive system and a good uh, limited slip Fine. front diff, which uh, is, I think, on the TRD Pro, I think. I believe Somebody so. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But, uh, yeah, the, so around here we have a special terrain, and that's a lot of mud, a lot of dirt, a lot of rocks, but not a lot of rock crawling uh, that's there. It's Don't there. forget the bark. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bark. <laughs> a lot of bark. Avance, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and a lot of snow. And it, it's hard to find a vehicle that does all that. Now, the Raptor does great in the snow and on open roads, but doesn't fit anywhere. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, if you're looking for that all-around, do everything, just get in and go with the least amount of effort. And that's a big one because I'm going to actually bring up my build sheet on my Raptor just for authenticity and the sake of honesty. I want to talk to people about how much it actually costs to build an off-road vehicle. We've talked about that in other episodes, but I don't think people realize just how expensive it is to go off-roading. Like, if you want to do it right and you, you want parts right. that you're not fixing on the side of the trail... Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is is modifications 
yeah, when they go wrong off-road, they really go wrong. It's not like you just break down on the side of the road. It's like you break down and hope you have a radio signal, not because you aren't going to have a cell phone signal, and hope somebody is listening to it on an emergency channel. <laughs> You'll know a real off-roader if you pass him and he's got a welder on the back of his truck or something. Exactly, <laughs> and true. I've seen that many oh, times. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that was what that was how the conversation came about is what vehicle can I buy that I need to do the least amount to? Like what is the least amount of work? And it's still several thousand dollars, but like, okay. Hmm. It's got factory skids that are good. It doesn't have crappy ones. Actually, it's aluminum and steel skid plates. Yeah. It has really, really good suspension in low range. Those factory Belsteins or Fox. Um, What's the ground clearance on that? Like, uh, it's, like it's really high. Um, let me look at it real Because in my mind, it doesn't. I, I've watched them go over stuff that I was so surprised they went over. But it, it really is pretty good. Yeah, the Tacoma and the, uh, let's yeah. see here, 9.6 inches. Yeah. In the TRD Pro, which is, that's actually quite a bit. So, I mean. And, you know, when you look at it, when you think about it, it's, that means that something is under your your car has to be I mean, up to nine inches. But what you have to think about, too, is when you're rolling over things, as your wheel goes up, it, it will lift the center of gravity. It will lift the car up. Like, basically, what we're talking about is, like, you're driving down the trail and you've got a rock in the middle of the trail. You You've got up to almost a 10-inch rock that you can go before it punctures through something yeah <laughs> so. nine, nine and a half inches though that's no joke and there's a lot of vehicles with higher ground clearance but that longer track doesn't do any good yeah i think it, i'm i think i'm up to nine inches now with the uh the subaru yeah I mean, your subaru is really high well but i mean it, it is as much as high as it is it it's you're still the problem is like you said the higher the truck goes the higher the truck the vehicle the, the vehicle goes the less stable you're going to get you're going to get that body roll right and it's adjustable on some of the more luxury stuff like the the land Cru- uh, range rovers for yeah. example, it can go up to like almost twelve inches. The Land Rover, the Land Rover, the the new Discovery, it's got like eleven point eight inches of ground clearance on high mode. It'll probably break because it's a Land Rover, but and I think I think <laughs> but I don't think you can only drive. You can drive it. It's really slow on that. And yeah. like I said, you know, it's I like Land Rover. It's also hundred grand I versus just, forty-five. I think Land Rover, and I'm gonna say this should have stuck to the whole, you know. The, the, where they're making cars for the middle of Africa. When they went luxury, that's when things went bad because you're not going to take your Velar off-road and put the put it up 11 inches. You just, you're not going to do it, but my personal opinion. I guess if I had a bunch of money to throw away, I might, but there's just not a big aftermarket for those either. I still wouldn't actually. It's really, you talk about expensive to fix a car. It, Land Rover's really yeah. expensive to fix. So Yeah. Yeah. So, um... So you'd go 4Runner, huh? I'd go 4Runner only because I would prefer an SUV. If I wanted a truck, I'd go Tacoma. Um, like I said, you're virtually comparing basically the same vehicle. Almost everything swaps over. The I just like the SUV for the the, the comfort of my passengers. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't like a short bed small truck. I like a short bed long big truck. But you know the problem is preference. like obviously That's the Gladiator it. keeps popping into my mind in the, in this. But the overhang, <laughs> the approach and 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 departure angle on that is so bad that I think it limits you. Yeah, time. it's as bad as my Raptor, which yeah. is really weird. Um, I, I don't know why they do that. It I guess looks, it's for the fuel tank, but still. It looks so looks funny. When they you look see great this. on 37s, though. And which is the weird thing is the minute you put a tire that really fills that really well, that, that overhang seems to shrink in my mind. Yeah, it's a so. terribly ugly looking vehicle until you get a good tire under it. And I think they should have made it in a two-door. Yeah. That would have been really Two-door cool. extended cab. There's but. a bunch of people that have made them, like not gliders, yeah. but before gliders. But yeah. I mean, I, and I still think the Jeep is in that category with, with the, the Tacoma and the... Yeah, the only reason I didn't pick the Jeep, and overall, this is the next choice is we're going to is because of how poorly it drives on the street. And most people who have one don't care because it's so good off-road. And that's where the compromises start is, okay, we got that solid axle front. We have a locking front and rear diff. We have uh, automatic disconnecting sway bars. Uh, the auxiliary switches are already pre-wired in to do that really easy. You have the world's largest aftermarket. Like, nobody touches Jeep currently for aftermarket. And you can take the roof off. Yeah, and you can take the roof off. So there's a ton of advantages to owning a Jeep. I don't think there's anything more fun to drive than a Jeep with the roof off. Like, it's so fun in Moab. I did did that in Moab. I did that in Hawaii, and I still want one. But it's such a compromise to drive on the street, especially when you do the fun thing, of course, is you add another, you add more lift, you add bigger tires, and then it's way worse to drive on the street. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's loud. It's great for short commutes, but I would much rather pull a Jeep somewhere than drive a Jeep somewhere. This is true. This is true. And you could pull it with your 4Runner. Yep. But it does, um, before we get into the bigger stuff, I do truly believe the best off-road vehicle you can buy off-road vehicle you can buy is a Jeep currently. Mm. I don't think anything out there on the market touches it. Two-door or four-door? Two-door. 
Um, Rubicon, obviously. Yeah, I, okay. it, but so yes and no. So two-door because, one, you have way shorter track, so you can get more places. And even in the turbo four-cylinder, which is a fantastic motor, with the um, you have a four-to-one crawl ratio as an option in the Rubicon, or you can get the manual, of course, but you can get the automatic with a four-to-one crawl ratio. So the thing will like literally go like two miles an hour over, over anything in the four-cylinder. I, I think you just touched on something there that I want to touch on too about think talking about cars, Subarus, Toyotas, all that. Is if you're going to do off-road, and I'm going to I'm going to pose the question to you first: automatic or manual? Um, I think if you're looking at an older vehicle, manual is the only way to go. Anything pre probably like eight-speed, ten-speed, because you didn't get that crawl ratio. Yeah. It wasn't really included in the automatic. The automatic was what you got if you wanted to compromise and you wanted something more comfortable. But the 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 manual was the way to go, especially with the new. If you had the crawl gear, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you're like purposely, and I say this, I think that is the only regret I have with my Subaru is I don't know if I knew what I knew now, what I wanted to do with it. I don't know if I would have bought the manual. I think you went way more extreme than you originally planned, and that's why you regret the manual. Well, two, yes, just, both are true. Both are true. <laughs> but I just I think that like trying to get out of things is is as much as I've been driving on a clutch since I was fourteen. It's still very hard. You could, it's very hard to crawl with a clutch, like unless you have a crawl gear. That's yes. the only. I mean, yeah. So we used to call them granny gears yeah. or low range gears, but yeah, crawl gear is really what it is. And Jeep has one. Of course, the new Bronco has got the really famous one. They have the really cool turning thing too, which we'll talk about. Ah, trail braking. Yeah, trail yeah. braking. So you can independently lock up a brake and turn it. But uh, yeah, if you have a crawl gear, then you literally you can just do that. You just shove a rock in there to lock right <laughs> up. Right. So you know. Yeah, and a crawl gear, they just let out the clutch, and if you've got a, cr- it just drive because it'll it'll top out at like five. You can get out and just let it crawl up there. <laughs> just let it go, but it's yeah. got so much torque at that revolution, it's almost impossible to stall it. Yeah. So it just kind of goes. Yeah. Uh, with the automatics, you can get that too now, though, because they've when you've got ten speeds to choose from, it just means it starts in second every time, and then when you have it in you know crawl mode or rock crawl, it just opens up first basically it's but i'm saying like in a, in a in a car that doesn't have a low range gear like that like the subarus especially and i think there are yeah, i'd go automatic i'd go automatic yeah that's it's just i mean it's something to think about because there's something to be able to get in the car and where you can have more control you know you're one foot you know and half the time like you said but these cars you put them in that crawl gear you pop the clutch out you you, you know yeah you, you just let it, it go it, it car it drives itself so yeah. yeah it's pretty crazy what technology's done for us there but that said, also, like you said, the Rubicon will take you on almost any trail around here stock, really. The only time you'll run into it is when you just run out of ground clearance. Yeah. That's really the only thing that's really going to stop you. It's got everything else built into the drivetrain. It's, it's, it's a really, really simple formula. Add a bunch of torque, add some really, really strong running gear, and then slowly go through things. <laughs> I think I want, I don't know the name of them. We saw one this weekend, which we'll talk about later. Not in this one, but uh, one of the Jeep uh, trucks, the old Jeep, the Comanches, or what or What were they? Uh, oh, what was that? I forgot the name it's, of them. But it's the full-size one. It's the truck from Twister, the movie. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> that, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, that one's really cool. Old school. Um, the new Bronco, now that, now that it's all out on paper, um, I think that's going to be the sweet spot, though. Like I've kept saying it over and beating it to death, the Jeep is just kind of not that great to drive, period. Uh, it's, I don't like driving it that much. It, it wanders all over the road because of that solid front axle and giant tires, and it can't compensate that well because without an independent front suspension. As much as we all love Ford, everybody has their downside, and I think that they're, them challenging, this is the first real challenger to Jeep. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the, in the old school days, you had the Scouts, you had the Internationals, you had the Ram Chargers and things like that. But Jeep wasn't as as much of an off-road. You always thought of it as, you know, Daisy Dukes drive, you know, white Jeep. But now I think this is – I think this will make Jeep better, and I think it will make Ford better because, mm-hmm. you know, the aftermarket is going to be huge. But like you said, it's this I'm, – I'm, I'm saying I – sh- I said this is the first challenge they're going to have. Yeah. Well, here's where I think Ford is not going to challenge Jeep or not going to be able to with the Bronco, and it's that IFS. And so it's going to be, one, really – really expensive to put on really massive tires on that thing because you can only push an IFS so far before you have to replace the axles. Um, it's independent, so that's okay to a point, but large tires with an independent suspension typically don't allow for a ton of front fender room. Um, you just don't have the articulation. So when you start trying to articulate 40s, which you can actually do really easily on a Jeep, it sounds crazy, but you can fit a 40-inch tire on a Jeep with a pretty minimal lift 
and you can just buy a package. You can go to Terraflex and be like, I want 40s on my Rubicon. They'll be like, here's everything you need, and it just shows up at your house. Not hard to do. Not easy, but, I mean, for any other vehicle in the market, let's put it that way, it's not hard to do. Until so, somebody comes up with a transfer case and a, a solid front axle for that Bronco. Right. Well, uh, solid axle swaps have been a thing for a long time, but, yeah. I mean, there's a, a popular, I shouldn't say popular, but a known swap is to the Tacomas and to the 100 Series Land Cruisers. And, you, and the reason it's popular is because you can get them with solid axles in other countries. And so it's not that hard to adapt because it's been done from the factory. Now, that's still about a $15,000 mod just to do the swap. Then you still have wheels, tires, suspension, everything else. That's just the axle assembly. Why do you think Ford did that? Why do you think they did the... It's way more comfortable to drive on the road. And 99% of people, even with Jeeps, aren't putting 40-inch tires on them. That's so true. I bet you with a factory lift from Ford and everything else, you'll be able to fit 37s under it because you can get those optional 35s on the Sasquatch. But I'll go into one of the things. I'm, I'm looking at the way... And you do know that, the, that just like Jeeps, the, 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 f- the flares pop right they off. They pop right off, yeah. So you, you put as big as you want on there. <laughs> Once. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that, actually. It's a good transition. Um Actually, I'm going to hold off for a second, though. Yeah. But I think that's the Bronco is going to fill uh, one. I think it's better looking. That's just that's just my own preference. I think, I think it's cooler looking. The Jeep's iconic, but I think the Bronco there's an really, iconic look to it. But it, yeah, it, it, like the Forerunner, it needs a refresh. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think the it's going to appeal to more buyers just because it's going to drive better for 99 percent of buyers out there. For the 1% guy who still says, you know, I want to go rock crawl Moab. That's what I live for. The Jeep is probably going to still be your answer for a few more years until we get some real, real aftermarket support. Because you really, there, like we say on the drag strip, there's no replacement for displacement. That's changing with technology, of course. But when it comes to rock crawling, there's really no replacement for really big freaking tires. <laughs> I'm going to be interested because I think Ford has worked really closely with the aftermarket. Because a lot of the aftermarket stuff is stuff you can get right from the factory. But I'm saying... I think we're going to see, I think we haven't seen a lot of it because of COVID, but I think there's a lot of companies out there that have been working with them, and we're going to see a lot of really cool off, uh, aftermarket stuff. You know, I, I, I want to say yes, and I think we will see some cool stuff, but let's take the Raptor that's been out since 2009 was the first gen, was the first gen? Yeah, well, guess what you can't do on a Raptor very easily without an insane amount of money. Mod it. Upsize the tires at all. Even a little bit. Because the factory, okay, from the factory, the Raptor comes with 35-inch tires. To run a 37 in the front and still get articulation, not only do you need about a $3,500 set of front shocks, you need front fenders. And you have to trim the body. I don't mean the fenders. It has you to have get to, wider, too, doesn't it? You have to get wide. Uh, no, you can still go about the same, like maybe like a half-inch wider, which okay. is a lot when it, your truck's yeah. <laughs> barely fitting in a lane as it is. Yeah. But you literally have to trim the, the, the welds. On the inside of the unibody, or not the unibody, the front fender arches under mm. behind the fender, those have to be trimmed to fit the larger fenders, to fit the 37s, because under full articulation, that front 37 will go right into the fender. And there's a ton it's of videos. not where you want it, yeah. Right. So it's like the truck's really maxed out as it is. And I'm looking at the suspension on the Bronco and the 35s with the fender arch and all that, and uh, it's packed. Like, it, that is filling that fender well. Uh, there's really not a lot of room in there. And they have, like, a, a Raptor-esque high-speed off-road package. I forget what it's called. Um, Ford does? Yeah, they have a high-speed off-road package for the Bronco. It's oh. The, it's, oh, for the Bronco. For the oh. Bronco. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, the, yeah. it's the one right before the launch edition. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. It's, anyway. It's Big Bend or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah whatever that so. thing is. So I don't think you're going to see the big 40-inch tire swaps right away. Maybe, I mean, somebody's going to do it because it's, everybody does everything, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. But I also think that that car is sized to have 35s or 37s. Like, yeah. it, it looks like it, it, that's what it needs. I so. think you're going to do 37s. I think they're going to make that happen just because I think that's the marketing they're going to go to. But like I said, they're limited by that IFS. Everybody's limited by why, IFS. Why, I mean, minus the more ground clearance that you're going to get out of a 37 or a 40. I mean... Why would you need it? Attack angle. If you look at a Jeep on 40s, uh, not 37s, not 38s, but 40s, the front tires stick out almost past the front bumper, Mm -hmm. which means you can literally just go straight up to a wall and drive up it, which they will do. I've seen people do it with H1s. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. H1's a great example. The the tire goes all the way to the front bumper. They have, like, the, the highest attack angle from the factory you could get was the H1. And you can do the same thing with a Jeep with actually not a lot of mods. Um... Still very expensive mods, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> compared to most vehicles out there. Now, if you're going to fit, I think, a 35 or above on a Tacoma or a 4Runner, 
you literally have to cut and notch and weld the frame to fit the suspension in it. Now, it's not an uncommon mod. Our buddies at Mule do it all the time, and they have specials on it too. Like you can literally get a Black Friday notch your frame special on a, on a Tacoma. Like it's just, but because of IFS and the way the suspension geometry is, that's a very common thing to do, which is a little terrifying to say, hey, cut my frame, weld it a frame. plate. Yeah. <laughs> well, also too, to go back to the Bronco and, and the Jeep, one of the things that these these have that the, the Forerunners don't and the Tacomas have is the fact that you know when you look at the front of those cars, those bumpers are modular. You can take off the front that sits in front of the wheels, which does help, mm-hmm. and which I think will help with the Bronco. But I think you you make a good point with the approach angle with the forties. Yeah, and that said, you got to be doing some serious off roading to need that. Yeah, that's like going and doing the hot tub in Moab and all that stuff. Yeah, and even then you can do that. I've seen people do that in a factory Rubicon still. Yeah. It's the guys who want to do, like, the competition stuff. You really don't need it. And I run into this more than anything, is people way over-mod their vehicles, especially overlanders. No more than overlanders. And I am one. But it's like, you know what? This really needs a rooftop tent that I'll use twice a year that adds 300 pounds on the top of the vehicle and a refrigerator. I was going to say, don't forget the freezer. <laughs> and the, the ARB refrigerator. refrigerator and freezer. The multi-size one. It slides out on the rack, and you can really <laughs> sit on the rack while the fridge. Yeah, unless I don't know. I mean. Unless you're Ronnie Dahl. <laughs> like, or one of these guys in Australia. with the, Ronnie the Dahl. Oh, Ronnie Dahl. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, him. Sorry. Yeah, he, he has the, if, if anybody hasn't seen Ronnie Dahl, he, he has a YouTube channel called Four-Wheeling Western Australia. He's pretty world famous in the off-road world, though, because he is the only person I've ever seen use every single mod he's ever done to his vehicle, yeah. including all the armor. He retrofitted the bed. I mean, it's insane. Overlanding and, and off-roading in Australia is totally different. You can be driving through the desert in the biggest heat, and the next thing you know, you're driving through a river, and you're stuck. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a little bit different. Yeah, if so. Max Tracks are from Australia, Yeah. if that says anything. But anyway, um, yeah, I think, where was I? Uh, I think that'll be the limiting factor in the Bronco, though, at first. Sure. And I think they'll go around it, but I think that is that is where Jeep will hold its niche market. But that's 1% of buyers. Yeah. And that other 99% are really going to love the way that Bronco drives, especially the fact that it has power. And it does well. I EcoBoost. Mean, you, watch, you watch some of the, the commercials, and I know that's Ford commercials. They're blasting through rock the rock deserts and stuff like that. Yeah. So no, I, think- They do that well. Um Old I think I think a lot of people will buy Broncos because of nostalgia, especially people. Oh, they look are, really cool. Yeah, well, not only that, but the, the fact that people like they're a little bit older than us that had that had the original Bronco and then you know drove it to high school and then they want the new Bronco next to their old Bronco. And I think there's going to be a lot of those pavement pounders, but I think the trails are going to be full. Well, see, that's the funny thing though. Is before we take our break, that's a great thing to touch on. So a coworker of mine is is going to do both. He has an old Bronco that he's been restoring, and cool. we were watching Bring a Trailer. <laughs> Have you seen what vintage Broncos are going for? Uh, yeah, I've heard a little bit about it because I watched the build they did on uh, Jay Leno's where they put, he's got the only, uh, the GT500 motor under Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but, and they were talking about, you know, because that, that car was given to him by Craig Ferguson. If you, have, if you don't know, go watch it. It's a really great episode. But yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so classic Broncos in good shape are six-figure vehicles, 100 plus. And so uh, what my coworker ran into, he's had this thing for a long time. This is a project, so he didn't pay that. He's been building this thing. But uh, it's too valuable off-road. <laughs> I mean, you can do it, but he's like most of us where the idea of off-roading his $100,000 Bronco is like, no way, man. I got like 10 grand in paint on this thing. And no. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're leaning it sideways up against a mud bank as you're taking the, the, the yeah. door handles off. Yeah. Well, n- not even that, though. Uh, and a really important thing to point out, his older vehicles just aren't nearly as good off-road. Mm-hmm. They used to be because they were so solid and built robust, but technology works. It's yeah. not a gimmick. Like crawl control, like we were talking about, the uh, seven different off-road and vehicle modes in my Raptor, like they actually do work really well. Um, and so he's going to get a new Bronco to off-road it because it's just, you know, you don't need the $60,000 Bronco. Yeah. It's nice to have it, but a $40,000 Bronco with the right options will do anything yeah. 90% of people will throw at it. Yeah. It's that, like I said, that that niche market is not is not worth it. I mean, if you if you want to be that guy, go buy a Jeep for, for the next five or six years. Just buy a Jeep because it's where you're going to end up anyway. Hell, some of the vintage Jeeps are still are up there too. Oh, yeah. they're not. They're not. You know. Yeah, they're not that yet. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's take our next break. We come back. We'll talk about the upsides and downsides of uh, the trucks. We'll yeah. be back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. 
I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. That was fun. Thanks. <laughs> uh, in the spirit of authenticity, we are always going to talk about the Raptor, the build sheet, and everything that's going to go involved into just basically getting it ready to do some basic off-road. And this is one of the things that, well, sucks about having a vehicle that isn't really purpose-built for it. And everybody thinks Raptor, purpose-built, purpose-built. No. <laughs> for high-speed desert runs. Yeah, for high-speed desert runs with, uh, like, really soft, smooth sand, sure, it'll do great at that. It was it, great on the salt flats. It's expensive to get those arms on the front with chainsaws that cut the tra- right? branches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> And so um, I do have a build sheet, like anybody else. We've talked about this to death. Um, you did not build it, but it came. I'm saying you didn't spec this. Is my point. What do you mean? Oh, are you talking about the build sheet from Ford, or what you were going to put on it? What I'm going to put on it. Oh, okay. I thought you yeah, were talking no, no, no. about where it, I was like. Oh so no, okay. I, I, no, I custom. I custom built it from. I didn't custom yes. order it, but I got it exactly the way I yeah, wanted the way you it wanted. Yeah, okay. I got you. And so, okay. um, yeah, it's a lot. So I have. 3,527.78 invested so far. And I hate that term invested because I'm not getting any of that back. But what's what's so far? I mean, I know I, part of that, a big part of that is clear, bro. Uh, yeah. So paint protection alone was 1816. Oh, that not, seems low because, I, okay, I get, we're going to get to this because I was like, I was like, it's there's, not a, done. there's a big thing. There's a big number that I know is coming up. That, yeah, okay, that, yeah. That's okay. not done. Okay. So that was like two grand in paint yeah. protection. This is before tax. Um, yeah. Then I have, uh, let's see, I did Linex on the bed versus the factory one, which sucks. So I did Linex, which ended up being after tax, 930.35. Just the traction boards were 300. Um, The floor mats were 163. Did you get the same ones? I know you got the same ones. Yeah, Tread Pros, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then there's some other little stuff in there, but it all adds up. Like uh, I put a a dash camera in there. It was 175 bucks, um, plus the wiring was, no, that was with that. Paid off tonight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that paid off already. Yeah. <laughs> I did a, little, a rear seat release. There's some other list of like a short antenna, so it doesn't keep hitting branches, which just sounds like a weird like oh, it's a cosmetic mod. No, if no. you saw where we drive, it would have been ripped off and smacked the windshield a hundred times. And then uh, front uh, mud flaps, really flexible ones. Those are like forty bucks. I'm replacing with a three hundred dollar set. Mm-hmm. Why three hundred dollars for mud flaps? Because all the rest of them tear off. And you had the wheel wells coated with Yeah, something. that included, that was with the bed liner oh, included okay. that right. in there. Okay. So, which uh, don't recommend from Line X, by okay. the way. Don't, just don't do that. Anyway, but how much do I have to go? Uh, <laughs> $10,165, no installation costs. Yep. That's doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so this will be about. So some blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah so the, about $15,000 invested to make the truck what I would consider off road to a point of. Barely being noticeable, honestly. Um, that large number includes the winch um, for the front end, which if you've ever done any snow wheeling around here, you will consider an essential to be with somebody with a winch or have one. It's expen- And it's expensive to put a winch on a Raptor because of the turbos and the intercoolers. And things right, like that. which yeah. is stuff you don't think about. So I want a winch. That should be really easy to do, right? No, it's a minimum $4,000 investment. And the reason it's a minimum $4,000 investment is because I have to relocate the intercooler. Not relocate, put a new one in. So I have a Cobb front mount intercooler. Um, which is about the same price as all of them, about $1,300. Um, Swarfworks, which is the company, makes the, the wrench mount, which goes between the rails. It only holds one certain type of winch. And for those of you who think I'm crazy, I'm not. Um, it only holds one certain type of winch because you can't get to the brake release and control for the cable by hand because it's covered, so you have to have one with a remote release. Well, Warren is the only company that offers that, so the winch option for a 6,000-pound truck, you want higher 12,000 pound winch. Well, at least double the weight of your truck. Yep. yep. So that's 1,900 bucks. Um, yeah. So between the winch intercooler and the mount, that's $4,164.85 just to mount the front winch on that and, thing. And the stuff on your list right now is, is, is to be, to go over landing and things like that. It's not, it's not stuff that you don't need like tents and things like that. Yeah. None of, yeah. none of that's on there. I have, yeah. I don't have that listed on there. Yeah. Um, the sh- rear shot guard. So that thing has, because you've got those super expensive, Super nice rear shocks. They're sticking straight down at the bottom of the truck, though, and they're actually the lowest point on the rear axle. So you get shock skid plates, these little tiny metal plates that go on there. Solid steel, bolt through, 90 bucks a set. 
And if you don't have them, and the first the first time you do, you don't have them, and you hit them on a rock, you're out like two grand. Yep. So spend the ninety bucks or spend the two thousand on the one time in case you need it. Good luck talking to your insurance agent out for that. Yep. <laughs> um, I do have one charge on here that's subjective. That's I'm gonna re, I'm gonna paint the the bumpers and the flares to match. Mm-hmm. Um, not the full bumpers. You guys will see photos when it's done. That'll be about a thousand bucks because I've got a buddy hookup on that. Um, Retracts tonneau cover. I'm doing that to hold all the tools and everything in it. That's uh, $18.29 for storage. For storage. Uh, rock sliders. Lockable storage, though. Yeah, rock sliders I have down for a minimum of 1200 And I say minimum because if you look at 99% of rock sliders for a lot of vehicles, they're body-mounted. And that vehicle, famously, is aluminum. So having a body-mounted slider aluminum. is not the best option, and I may end up going with body-mount plus custom? fabrication yeah. from Northrop. So yeah. i got to go talk to Keith, get those fabs, so that price is likely going to go up. And like I said, I, sliders are, I consider, mandatory here. The one time you need sliders, like even if they're two grand, that guarantee you if you slam the, your bottom rocker on something, that's way over two grand. Way over, especially if it hits the door. If you end up going with Northrop, we can push that thing off a cliff, and what will be left is <laughs> the sliders. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, and then I have part two PPF, which is the fender flares, the bedsides, and a the side a, of the doors. Yeah, the A pillar. So that's going to be <laughs> another fifteen hundred bucks. And then the air compressor. It was tough being in the back of the truck that day. I was like, oh. You know what's funny though? I had so much, I have so much wax on that thing. Yeah, no damage. I know, I know, but still, Thank it God. was it was still like, oh. yeah, right. And so. then uh, I'm going to go with the ARB twin air compressor. And the reason I'm going with the twin and not the smaller one. Maybe it's like, oh, you, need, you could do the smaller one. No, 35-inch tires actually, actually take a ton of air. Uh, and most compressors aren't rated to inflate them. You're going to mount it under the hood? No, I'm going to carry this. I'm going to do the suitcase. Oh, they do have, do yeah, they have a suitcase with, for that one? I know they have with I an ha- air tank. Yeah, it's nine hundred bucks. Oh yeah, I looked at that. Yeah, because I've got the smaller one, and I really like the, the smaller suitcase. But yeah, yeah, the smaller one's great for yeah. most vehicles. I know exactly have, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, if you don't have vehicles over thirty-three inch tires, then get the small one. You're really not going to see any advantage unless you're running air tools, which I won't do. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, this total build is a bare minimum of fifteen thousand dollars. In addition to the in addition to the cost, and on top of that air compressor thing, I will another thing I talk about all the time. People are sick of me hearing me. It's called Morflate. Oh it yeah, is, and it is a tight. You can make them, but this this guy, this guy makes. To, it's, it's, oh, it is totally cheaper to buy. Yeah, digital gauge built in, and basically what it is, it's a system that runs to all your tires. You can inflate and deflate from there, and, and like I said, it's all one, makes, all it's one so nice and fun. You'll see a lot of people that'll put them in. Like obviously, a lot of people in, in the off road trucks and things like that will run chuck lines in the front and back, but this way you can just it's one one place. It's it's a it makes it a lot easier because I have. I, I now look for reasons to, one, cut things down with the chainsaw, and two, places to deflate my tires. Yeah, my chainsaw so. will be here today. I got my handsaw. You had to get a bigger one, didn't you? Like, I ch- you the one you got is on sale for 100 bucks today on Home Depot. Oh, great. Yeah, no battery, though. No battery. Yeah. No, no, no. But I already have, I have the batteries, yeah. so. Yeah, I've got the, the DeWalt 12-inch. It's great. Yeah, I yeah. got the 18. I just had to do that. It's six, <laughs> six more inches. Okay. Not because I had the six, uh-huh, six uh-huh, flexible uh-huh. system. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Anyway, that said, um, getting into the larger trucks, uh, if you are, there's a lot of stuff I can't do, and not because the truck can't do it, it's because I don't want to destroy the truck in the process. A lot of those trails, I mean, especially, they're called Jeep trails for a a reason. Yeah. They're so narrow, especially Natchez and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, even the backcountry discovery route, which is a wide route, a Washington backcountry discovery route is a road. It's not a trail. It's a, like... Any section of that could be done in Nick Subaru stock um, with well, maybe some tires. And we're going to make you a promise. RCS is going to make that trail better because we're oh, going to yeah. be driving it and we're going to be clearing that trail so that Raptors can get through it. Yeah, and, so, we, <laughs> and we have. Like, the last time we went through there, we had to spend the day, like, clearing brush to That's get fine. through. But I was – I mean, we were within – I folded in the mirrors. It was yeah. within an inch on each side with yeah. the Raptor. And if I didn't have a great crew with me with saws and equipment, like, that thing wouldn't have had sides. I would have, like, pulled that thing up on, like, a can opener a few times. Carry extra blades for your sawzall. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter how good or concentrated you think you are. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. But, I mean, it's not the end-all, do-all, which I think they're, Raptors are super popular, but it, it's not because they're this ultimate machine that does everything. In fact, they really don't do most off-roading well. They do high-speed off-roading well. They do they road trip great. They're yeah, fantastic in the snow. They have great traction modes. Surprisingly, for a truck that's so light, has fantastic traction in almost any condition. Like the Ford has really done a great job with that. Um, part of that is because the Raptor is uh, four wheel drive and all wheel drive. Um, it has a clutch differential system. I don't know how to describe that. Uh, has a transfer case and it has a 
It has you've a center said, diff. You have said this six yeah. times. So, I was gonna yeah. Say, yeah. So it has a center differential. And so that means it can literally be all-wheel drive and not just four-wheel drive. It's the only vehicle in the market that's ever done that. Um, that's a huge advantage in snow, rain, any kind of normal driving condition. It's, a, it's not a... Is that something that's going to make its way to the Bronco? I hope so. That'd be It'd nice. be pretty amazing if it did. Yeah. That would be a really big deal. Um, like I said, it drives like all-wheel drive when it's in 4A. 4A does not mean four automatic. It means four all-wheel drive. And it's really cool. Uh, for that, like I said, that's what makes it such a great road trip car is if you're in snow, you're not just in four high where you're moving power around it. It literally just drives like an all-wheel drive Audi or Subaru, even yeah. better. Yeah. And it, it drives great. So Probably drives a little better than Subaru. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. Well, I can run over curbs, so that's nice. I love my Subaru. Your car, your truck's more more comfortable. <laughs> a little bit different price point too. So fit yeah. your car in this. <laughs> I was gonna say we could put my Subaru in the back of the Raptor. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that said, though, like I said, there there were places that I just won't be able to go. I will be looking for a ride with people for a lot of this off road stuff we're doing, and I'm not sad about it. I didn't chose the wrong vehicle because, like I said, I want to drive here to Moab and explore. But there's just simply trails I can't go on and. They're popular for a different reason. There's not a lot of desert off-road around here. I mean, there's the beaches, there's Moses, there's, you know, down to the dunes, which is great, but. And we will talk in, in more in depth on another episode about options as far as things you, like traction boards and things you should take if you're going to be going up into the. Yeah, we've talked about that a few times before, but it's really, it doesn't need a lot, that's for sure. No, not you a lot gets to that truck stuck. No, but I'm saying that there are the basics that you, you should have as far as, you know, air, you should always have air. You should always have a spare. You should always have traction boards, some type of cutting device, yeah. shovel. Um, yeah, you know. Washington off-roading is a little uh, little different than a lot of people expect. Yeah. And kitty litter because it's great for weight and great if you need traction. Yep, and biodegradable. Yep, so and biodegradable. Yeah. Yep, made from real cats. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was off. No. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so in the full-size market, if you need a full-size truck uh, for off-roading, we've got the new TRX coming out from Ram. We've got the new Raptor coming out. But uh, I'm not hearing a lot about a good about the TRX. And beautiful interior? Yeah. <laughs> really heavy? I've, I've seen a couple of people that have tried off-road with the Tundras, and they're, they're, you talk about large. You think the Raptor's big, some of those. So Yeah, a buddy of mine has one really built, wide-body fenders, about the same size as my truck now. And it's awesome off-road, but uh, they're heavy. Wide, wide open off-road, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is wide isn't really your friend around here. It's great for the dunes, great for exploring, but not for not for trails. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys, like, even with, you know, if you want a truck because you need a truck bed, which is a lot of people, and you want to go full-size, and you want to do off-roading around here, specifically the Pacific Northwest, you're probably better off not buying a Raptor. You probably want a F-150 X- FX4. Or a Tacoma. Well, I mean, if you want full-size. Oh, full-size, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're looking at six and a half, eight inches narrower, I, I don't think. I think there's anything from Chevy. No, yeah, not really. Uh, the only advantage they have is those shorter tailpipes, which crap anyway. I'm, not, I'm just <laughs> really disappointed with you, Chevy. Yeah. Your stupid blazer. Get it together. <laughs> it's, it's funny. That so many they put out the blazer, and it's just garbage, and then Ford uh, comes out the Bronco, and everyone's just amazed. It's yeah. like, you had one shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you look, at, you look at what Chevy has done recently. I mean, like the new Tahoe, the new Cadillac, stuff that used to be off-road cars. Like, they're not. They have the Colorado ZR2, which is a great platform because it's got a diesel in it, which but is cool. But they don't have a small SUV to take off-road. No. I don't mean so, anything. So, yeah. They have just compromises across. Did you know the ZR2 still uses a key? Even on the high-end model, it's not really? keyless start. It has an actual physical key U-turning. So it's based on that really old uh, platform still. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. pretty crazy. Hmm. And which fantastic option with the diesel, um, but I just Who want knows? diesel, hundred series again. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, Davis, I still want that first dibs on my Land Cruiser back. Your Land Cruiser? <laughs> my Land Cruiser. I see. Okay, <laughs> I want wow. my Land Cruiser back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back. Yeah. Even if I got to put another ten grand in the suspension, you I still would. want it back. Yeah. Looking at the the Raptor build, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> hey, no, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not used to you seeing, re, you know, resenting, not resenting, but yeah, it's, it's, selling something. It's really the only vehicle I have uh, a little seller's remorse on. Yeah. Like it was the right thing to do at the time, but man, I, I do miss that thing. Every time I, I hear a, a branch touch my truck, I'm like, man, if I had the Land Cruiser, I would have just hit more throttle. Yeah, <laughs> okay. gun it. Many times we gunned it through. Yeah. Yeah. Will it fit? Let's find out. Who cares? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Big bumper. In there. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, little bit for Avance this week. Uh, Dirtfish Rally School half day. Speaking of off road, it's the rear wheel drive one. That is November sixth. Uh, so the day this comes out, I think. Yeah. And let's see your charter member photo shoots November seventh. 
We're charter members. I should get another photo shoot. Um, really should. Private collection tour, Salem, Oregon, November 8th. Still jealous we're not going to be there for that. That orange MC-12, I just dying to see. And coming up the 21st, off-road. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll be there. I don't know how much we'll be participating. <laughs> I'm still pulling bark out. Yeah, my car goes into Subaru tomorrow. I literally <laughs> got under my truck today. Yeah. Pulled more bark oh, oh, out. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So I was, uh, it's coming out of the A-arms in the front of my car. Yeah. <laughs> so I still have the factory running boards on my truck, and they're not sliders. They're these cast aluminum fold-like paper steps on the truck. And good for stepping in another truck. That's it. But they have these weird mounts that kind of have like a U-shape underneath the body. And that U-shape just means it holds dirt. Yep. And I have washed those stupid things out probably 10 times, and I'm still washing out dirt from that day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's that I've – I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like every time I'll, I pull my car out – I don't even touch it. I pull my car out, and there's there's dirt sitting on the bottom of it. So or on, the, on the ground, like bark forever. And there's two pieces I still need to get out. So <laughs> If you haven't done it, tons of fun. Um, oh, God. Hell of a lot. Yeah, we need to, and I, last time Park Place got a free. I'm, I don't speak for Park Place; they're not a sponsor of the show. But last time they did free washes for people who did that, which was really cool of them. A lot of people took them up on that. I did too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually paid for my. That's okay. <laughs> I suggested it, it happened, Fair but uh, yeah, they 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 washed everybody's trucks. The before and afters were great. Like you could tell people hadn't had their trucks that clean for a year, <laughs> and then they I was did surprised because I saw that 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 fully built red gladiator down at the Bronco thing and I was yeah. like wow that's really clean <laughs> yeah, so. my yeah. tires are still shiny I don't know what they put magic they put on them they do, a good, they do a good job there. they do a real good job so anyway um, yeah for our listeners come out to the off-road event though we, we will be there we like I said I'll participate in some form I don't know if I'm going to go through the whole thing again because I don't want to spend another three weeks we're going to get our rain boots on and walk out there don't worry oh yeah we'll be around yeah. Yeah. so come so. say hi come talk to us yeah um, yeah, we'll probably have some prizes for you. Excellent. Well, if you have any questions, obviously you can get a hold of us, um, and and we'll we'd love to talk cars. You know that. So yeah, yeah we'd love for, to talk for this episode of RCS. I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.